right now at Safeway. Get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and Native Shampoo, Conditioner, and Body Wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Welcome to the new incarnation of the Custard TV podcast, a podcast for TV lovers run by TV obsessives. The obsessives this week are myself, Luke, editor of the website thecustardtv.com, Matt in the northern area. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And website contributor and just general bloke, uh, Michael Lee, <laughs> by the sea. Hello. That's Matt's catchphrase. You can't say that either. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that won't be confusing <laughs> at all, will it? Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. How was uh, your Christmas in terms of telly watching? Did you do much? It's one of those times of the year where you're sort of watching with other people. A lot of quiz shows, a lot of Only Connects, a lot of University Challenge, Big Fat Quiz of the Year, things like that. Crystal Maze. You, you, you were quite a fan of uh, that sort of comedy thing, uh, Click and Collect, I saw on Twitter. Not a fan. I was saying how much it resembled planes, trains and automobiles. Yeah. I was uh, being I facetious. Did... Oh, I didn't really. No, I didn't really enjoy it. I I turned it off after about half mm-hmm. an hour. Or so. But what about you, Michael? Did you, did you spend much of Christmas watching stuff on the? Episode? Not as much as I would have liked, really, because firstly, I was around my girlfriend's family's house, and then oh, my family's they're house. Terrible, aren't they? Yeah. When I looked at the listings, I'm thinking, am I really missing a lot? Really. I didn't go out my way to, to catch up on anything because the things we're talking about today were the only things worth. And you'd watch. Them sort of, you'd certainly watch the ABC murders, hadn't you? A lot of, yes, certainly. Should we talk about what's coming up? Let's, Should we let's be talk professional? about that. Let's run down the, <laughs> the menu, as it were. Reviews wise, we're talking Luther, ABC murders, Escape at Dane Mora, is that right? Yes, yes. and um, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch episode, which was on Netflix. Um, we'll also be talking about. Um, our anticipated shows of 2019. We'll do, be doing that in a minute. And um, Michael, I don't know if you've been warned about this, but we'll be quizzing you at the end. What yes. on earth? It's our new feature <laughs> called Box Snatch. No, it's not. What's it called? Bo- box Snatcher. <laughs> I know, it's because you said Bandersnatch. Uh, box Master, in no box... way affiliated with uh, BBC Radio 2's Popmaster. Yeah, in your face, Ken Bruce. Boxmaster, where we where we know 
what Michael's specialist TV subjects will be, but we find out quite how in-depth he knows his Oh, you, you absolute swines. So should we start with um, what is going to be another feature, new feature on, uh, on this here podcast, Question of the Week. Which we yeah, put we need to, to the, work on a title. <laughs> which we put to the I like it. it, it it's um or question time, something like yeah. that. Social media question of the week. Okay, so which was um top five or just most anticipated shows of twenty nineteen? Um so should we start with ourselves? I'm really looking forward to Baptiste, obviously. I think the, the Williams brothers have had a sort of a sketchy up and down time. What with Liar, we didn't really like that that much. And then, of course, uh, Relic was a bit of a disaster. Ugh. Did anyone think... watch Relic all the way through? Oh, <laughs> no. I gave up after two episodes on Relic. Yeah, I think I did as well. Yeah. But I think they've really got something quite special with Chicky Cario, and I, I hope that they managed to capture the essence of what made The Missing so watchable. So that is one I'm definitely looking forward to. <clears throat> Uh, years and Years from Russell T. Davis has a great cast. Uh, there's now some image, images for it that you can find on the website. Russell Tovey's in it. Um, Emma Thompson's in it. A massive cast of well-known faces. And Russell T. Davis sort of back to his best. Early and it's history. going over sort of years in the future, yeah, isn't it? I don't quite know how they're going to do it. And, and I'm hoping that it'll have his his trademark band of sort of humour and, and, and humanity in there. I suppose the third one would be Mother, Father, Son, which is the new drama on BBC Two from Tom Rob Smith. Didn't like London Spy, but absolutely adored uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace. And this is the the once-in-a-lifetime pairing of Sarah Lancashire and Richard Gere. I knew they'd be together in a drama one day, and it's (laughs) happening this year on BBC Two. So that's another one I'm looking forward to. I'm also very intrigued to see what they do uh, with The Handmaid's Tale now that that sort of came to an abrupt end in Series 2 and Peaky Blinders of course as well because that's moving on to BBC One and it just I hope it doesn't suffer from that and sort of is a bit watered down it didn't happen with Line of Duty which is again another show I could mention but yeah I just wonder whether I, Peaky Blinders feels like a BBC Two show so it worries me a bit. I'm a bit worried about it going on BBC One as well because I thought Line of Duty last year it just didn't have the same. wasn't last year was it? 2017, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. It just didn't have the same elements to it. I don't yeah. know why. It just didn't grab me quite I, as much. I it's still entertaining because it, but... because it it dragged you back to series one. Yeah, uh, like a show we'll talk about later. It sort of had a lot of its DNA in this latest series with series one and so if you hadn't seen from the beginning a lot of people were left confused and from the small clip they've showed i think it was like at the start of the year does seem to be continuing fred who of who is the most corrupt at the top who they're still gunning for so um other than that uh alan partridge definitely looking forward to and as a little known s4c program called bang which was about a year and a half ago a welsh crime drama I think it's still quite early in production, but hopefully that will come out this year. Do you want to know mine, or is this going to? No, I'm not. I'm not. Are you bothered, Mike? I'm not that bothered. <laughs> well, as I'm you, I'm just going to say yes. I am bothered. Thank <laughs> you. Good Omens would be top of my list. The adaptation oh. of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's book stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant yeah. and John Hamm, among many, many others. Again, just you were talking about ensemble cast. Yeah. 
I'm surprised you didn't mention Killing Eve because we've just had a return oh, day announced for the state. How did I not remember that? It's coming back in April in the state. On BBC America. Are you going to wait until it's on these shores? Are you going to sort of binge it all and then talk about it I, again? Well, or? it's sort of going to be interesting how long the BBC will make us wait. It's actually on in April last year as yeah. well. And, and then we, we had it in September. September. So I reckon yeah. it might be the same because September's like your big drama sort of yeah. starting, isn't it, with BBC... I doubt they'd have it over the summer because the summer has connotations of being sort of the wasteland. But then again, there's no big sort of sporting event this year, is there? So they may well do it as the big sort of summer thing. Um, I don't know if it's this year, and you'll probably correct me on this, Luke, the end of the effing world. I know that's it coming back. It is this year. It is this year. So that would be one. I'm really interested to see what they do with that in terms of, you know, how they continue that story. Um, Stranger Things is coming back in July. Again, another one I, I'm surprised you didn't mention, Luke, the, the final series of Mum. Mum. I was just going to mention it, had you not already, yeah. And a couple more, because I'm greedy. Um, the second season of American Gods has got sort of a morbid curiosity, because it seems to have been a complete sort be of shamble. Yeah. <laughs> and Glow season three, um, where they've taken it to Las Vegas. So, um, Do you want to go to social media, see what they've said? How far is it? Um, not far, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, okay, then we'll go. Okay, so Erin, um, at Erin's on Twitter. Happy um, New Year, Erin. Happy New Year, Erin, yeah. Um, she said she doesn't know many new TV shows that are coming. So she said uh, Luther, which we'll be talking about in a bit, Inside Number 9, which we didn't mention. And I saw Rishi Smith on the Hootenanny, and he was saying that will be on towards the end of the year. Killing Eve, if this actually airs next year, which we now know it will. The Crown, uh, only because of Olivia Coleman. And above all, line of duty. Samantha Jane at Samalar0542. Gentleman Jack, um, which is Sally Wainwright's new series that you're not that, that bothered about, Luke. Uh, yeah. I say when Sally Wainwright does period pieces, I struggle. She did To Walk Invisible about the Bronte sisters mm. a couple of years ago and didn't have that. That same was a one off, though, I think, because it was yeah. like a 90 minute, wasn't it? Seeing it as a series and Saran Jones, I'm interested. And it's also got um, Sophie Rundle, who I loved in uh, Bodyguard. About the only thing I really loved about Bodyguard. Yeah, me too. Also, she agrees with you, uh, Mother, Father, Son. Deborah Halsey at Deb's Halsey. Thought you were going to put Happy New Year. Year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another one for Gentleman Jack, Killing Eve. Sex Education, uh, which will be one we're talking about next week. That's a Netflix show with Gillian Anderson. And Atypical which was one which we weren't big fans of, Netflix series. Yeah. Mo Walker. Um, Happy New Year. Friend of the podcast, at Dr. Mo 77. Uh, Catastrophe, which is starting this week. Uh, Endeavour. Game of Thrones' this final season. Good Omens and Killing Eve. Daryl Miller, at Daryl Miller. Happy New Year. Um, he's saying he's so out of the loop, but his, his one big one is his Dark Materials, the adaptation of Philip Pullman's uh, mm. set of novels. Uh, Stephen Patterson, Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, uh, Mother, Father, Son, Gentleman, Jack. And Ratchet was one that I had to look up, which is the prequel to uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, focusing on Nurse Ratchet. That's a Netflix series. Someone by the name of um, Gary Redrup. God, that, that stings my heart. At The Gary Show. Game yeah. of Thrones, he says. Night Flyers. I'm not sure about that one. No, I'm not sure. And uh, Cruising with Jane McDonald. Is Night Flyers a series about people who leaflet in the middle of the night? Yes, probably. 
Did anyone catch the Jay McDonald New Year special with such guests as Gilbert O'Sullivan, Odyssey and Billy Ocean? I'm good, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually, Scott, if Billy, o- Billy Ocean's yeah. on a bill, I usually catch it, but no. I think they missed the thing about actually having it on the ocean on a cruise ship. But there oh, you that go. That would have been the thing. Yeah, Susan said at Sue's 12. Um, she says Baptiste, um, Killing Eve, Line of Duty, Stranger Things. We had a couple of uh, tweets from uh, Well Adrian Says, at Well Adrian Says. His first one was saying anything by Sally Wainwright or Sophia Petzl, anything with Sarah Lancashire, Nicola Walker, Sheridan Smith or Adi Alaktar, and the next series of Mum. Fleabag, he says, is the most worrying return. First series was perfect. Last episode was a perfect mic drop. Feels like Da Vinci showing up having decided the Mona Lisa could use a hat. Somebody needs to write for the website. That's, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to snap uh, in that. Uh, Colin McMahon at Colin Francis says there's a lot of stuff he's looking forward to this year. Russell T. Davis has two new shows, Years and Years and The Boys. Trial of Christine Keeler. Yeah. Hel- Helen Mirren in Catherine the Great. That's the Sky Atlantic, I believe. Uh, BBC's adaptation of Black Narcissus. And Beecham House, which is ITV's new big period drama um, Mm. coming from Gurinder Chadra, I believe, of Bend It Like Beckham notoriety. And Suki Kok um, at Cyberman underscore 151 has got some suggestions. Apologies, Suki, for um, misgendering you in the last podcast. But I I listened back and that was Gary who, who, who said she. Of course it was. Yeah. Game of Thrones, uh, Derry Girls, he, he agrees with you. Fleabag, uh, Ghosts, which is the new uh, comedy from the Horrible Histories team uh, on BBC One. Good Omens, and he says, and as they're not on your list, but I like them anyway, Father Brown and Death in Paradise, don't judge me. And finally, <laughs> and as this is a, a, a brand new era, someone we never heard from before on the podcast, LJ at Lauren Jones 407. Oh my God. Well, Michael (laughs) listens back to the early ones. He'll be familiar with Lauren Jones. She was the only listener in the early days. And contributed. So hopefully, Lauren, you'll be back on board with this, even though Gary, who who everyone... I reckon reckon Gary was the turn-off for her, (laughs) because as soon as Gary leaves, she's back with us. And she says, Killing Eve, Partridge, Line of Duty, and Luther. You know, the big shows, they're Line of Duty, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve. But some some interesting sort of smaller shows as well from writers that we like. It seems there's a lot to look forward to this year. I'll Um, tell you what, though. If you want to know what's coming up in the new year, you can visit are coming soon pages, mm. an A to Z list of shows either in production, go into production, or that we know are returning thanks to media centres and press releases and the like, all alphabetised for you, all on the website right now. It's thecustardtv.com. Now, while we're talking about new features, we have a couple of ideas as far as w- what we're going to do to take the podcast in a more inclusive direction. And one of the things that Matt and I are keen to do is if there isn't enough TV on is have you watch along with us in what we're calling the rewind <laughs> because I get to play rewind from the art of a dodger every week we're either going to watch a show that we've never seen or a show uh, that uh, we have seen that we want more eyes on and we're going to do it None of the old days where you used to have story tapes and you were able to read along. It's a bit like that. So we'll watch an episode each week, review it, and get your comments from social media as well. The only problem with this is we haven't come up with a show 
as of yet that we think we, we you could all find either on Amazon or Netflix or YouTube. Our even. original thought was Freaks and Geeks, but then we realised it had been taken off Netflix. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not originally available, so we might leave that for a couple of weeks. But if you have any suggestions, and look how social media savvy I am, tweet us either at my name at Luke Custard TV or at the podcast Twitter at Custard Pod. No, at ha- Custard TV Pod. Sorry, at Custard TV Pod. <laughs> you ruined uh, it you, one sentence there. And put the name of the show plus the hashtag. Oh, look at me. Uh, rewind and tell us why you think that would be a good show for us to watch week by week and review. And basically the idea is that you would watch it as well uh, and uh, give us your opinion so you're part of the review. So any ideas on that would be welcome. It's uh, Custard TV Pod on Twitter, at my name, at Luke Custard TV on Twitter as well. And try and use the hashtag Rewind. Or Custard TV Reviews at gmail.com if you don't like yeah. hashtags and want to just email us. Yeah. If you've got a few suggestions, we'll pick our favourite. And there's, it's got to be something that's easily accessible to people. So I don't expect people to run into their HMV and buy the box set. We want well, especially that- not now. Yeah, I've just spent my last voucher, just in case. Um, <laughs> if you've got a few suggestions, uh, use the hashtag Rewind, please, and uh, contact us on our various Twitter, or as Matt says, email us at Custard TV Reviews with an S. And we're on Facebook as well, Custard TV Podcast. Yeah. That. We're, we're, we're all over here. Yeah. We're basically a virus. Not on Instagram we're yet. No. Well, I don't think any, either of us knew to know how to use that, but there you go. No. <laughs> okay, let's crack on with the more familiar podcast section of uh, reviews. We've got four reviews this week. We've already run through them, but I'll do it again. Save you rewinding back. Luther, the ABC Murders, uh, <laughs> Escape at Daymora, and Bandersnatch, the feature-length, or in my case, somewhat never-ending, episode of Black Mirror that launched uh, between Christmas and New Year. Where would we like to start? We do the ABC mergers, as that was the sort of the big yes. one over the Christmas period, the one that was furthest back. So the ABC mergers. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events. It's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. An adaptation of Agatha Christie's novel of the same name. Uh, this is Sarah Phelps's fourth um, Christie and adaptation. Final. Well, final for now. John Malkovich is portraying the famed uh, Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot. But in a different way, this is sort of a world-weary, reclusive version of of Poirot, no longer working with the police after sort of the retirement of his sort of uh, ally, Inspector Jap. But he's catapulted back into the spotlight when he receives letters from a killer known as ABC, has an interest in Poirot and selects his victims alphabetically 
fire locations in the ABC train guide. I've never been a fan of Agatha Christie. You know how sometimes you go into thing with a bit of a bias? No, I've and never done that. <laughs> even, even though I enjoyed And Then There Were None a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. I can't even pronounce Praro. How do you, <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Poire. How do you pronounce Poire. it? As if it's like P. Yeah, I'm just Poire. calling him Hercule. That'll do. Yeah, from, okay. I'm surprised you didn't struggle with that, actually. That's good. <laughs> I've never been a fan of the who done it kind of gathered around a, you know, a big round house going pointing at each other and all that kind of stuff. So once it got going, I really enjoyed it. To me, it should have been two episodes because it was very slow moving, very slow moving. And once once all the reveals happened in episode three, I was I was into it, but it just took so long to get there. Would you have carried on watching it if if I hadn't set it as homework? Probably not. The re- reward for it in the end was worth it with, yeah. all, with the twists. I know that's the point of Agatha Christie, that there's the twists and it wasn't, it's not how it's all set up to be. And I think the twist was rewarding, but it just took so long to get there for me. I've been fairly vocal on Twitter, and if you follow me, you'll sort of already know my views. I, I've i never also been a fan of Poirot. I found him the original uh, incarnation from David Suchet. I found him really cartoonish. I didn't ever view him as a real person, uh, and I didn't haven't seen many Poirots because of that. They just weren't in my, you know, my idea of what a good crime drama is. And and I think John Malkovich was a bit of a revelation. I've not seen him in a ton either, but I thought he really embodied this version of Poirot, and I believed it all. I thought it was very um, atmospheric. I thought the script was brilliant. And I was really hoping we'd get more, but it doesn't look like we will, at least in the foreseeable future. But people on Twitter, and I know I've been guilty of this with other shows in the past, people, mm, on, Twitter, people on Twitter being so disparaging to Sarah Phelps, just they've so actually, awful like, to her. They've included her in the, in the tweets, yeah, haven't they, they, as well? They want yeah. her to know that they found it a disgrace. Before, and a, before we get yeah. on to that, do you, do you want to know, again, do you want to know why <laughs> I seem to be left you out. Seem, you seem very needy tonight, yeah. I will say that. I sort of agree with points that you've both made. Luke, I would agree on Malkovich and the atmospherics. I thought it was really, really well directed, the set pieces in particular. But at the same time, I agree with Michael in it feeling sort of very plodding. I thought the third episode had far too many reveals and took mm. too long to wrap up for me. And I can't say I was engaged for all three hours. Of the four Phelps adaptations, I would probably say this is my least favourite. Carry on with your you social media bashing. I've done that before and I've been very vocal on shows that I haven't liked. And I have learnt over the years how how to do it and how not to do it. But to There's no need to a, be personal. Yeah. But to, yeah, to include a writer, and you know they're going to see it, they can't not see it. If you, I thought it was just wrong. I suppose the closest I've come is I really liked the original Porridge. It's a classic. And when they remade it, I thought it was dreadful. And so if you're really a Poirot fan of that David Suchet ITV era and you watch this and you think, this isn't Poirot, and maybe I enjoyed it so much because I'm not a Poirot fan and maybe the same for you, Michael, but I just found it something very different over Christmas. I I watched a lot of those original Poirots, but I don't have great memories of this and I don't, of of those, and I don't think I will have a lasting memory of this really either. 
Not that I didn't enjoy it in parts, but I don't think, and I, I don't know if this was expectations coming from you because you really enjoyed it. I did and there really have enjoy been, it. There have been several sort of write-ups on it. I think I'm sort of ambivalent to it. You know, there seems to be strong feelings on both sides, but I don't feel like I've got that strong an opinion on it either way. Um, it was a good sort of Christmas period piece. But for me, if there's a serial killer on the loose, there should be a sense of urgency. And it just didn't feel like that. They were just kind of plodding around and not reporting the letters and just going, oh, well, that doesn't matter. And I don't know. I think there are lots of strong strong performances. I think Andrew Buchan was brilliant and Malkovich was brilliant. What about Rupert Grint as well? He was pretty good, I thought. Mm. Uh, You know, the weird thing about Rupert Grint, I felt like uh, someone mentioned the programme earlier, Father Brown. He feels like he's been transported from a silly crime drama into a, a really serious dark one i would disagree on andrew andrew Buchan. i i found his him to be quite cliched really his his character there was uh, definitely a change wasn't there for uh, in the last episode perhaps he probably played too much of the villain once the reveal happened yeah it was all all at once sort of thing um I'll tell you who I really like was Shirley Henderson as the as yeah, the lad. Yeah, didn't see lady. enough of her. Didn't no, you, really. She was. She she uh, maximised her minutes, as as they would say. Nice. I like when she plays a villain because she was very good, very creepy in in the second series of Happy Valley. Can as I, well. Can I be controversial on that? I've yeah. never liked her in anything. Okay. I don't know why. It's it's. She. I think she is a bit. It depends who she plays. Because mm. I've seen her play quote unquote ordinary people, and it doesn't work. Because she's quite a quite a presence on screen. She's got quite a mousy voice. Uh, yeah, I think in Happy Valley Kids too, it was was I she think, out, a little bit out of place. It was too much. It was uh, too much for what was a, a realistic, generally show. She felt detached from that. So, what about her in this? She played it as well as she could for for. I'm going to be controversial. Her limited. Range. It's it's sometimes you can't take to a character or, or like an actor, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things. Uh, what do we think of the direction of this? Because you mentioned the atmospheric. I I, I liked the I direction on the whole. Alex it was Bassi. lovely. I it think was that, really, yeah. It was oh, really sorry. dark. It's really brooding. It was. I loved and the ti- the title sequence as well was mm. stunning. Yeah, I agree. And all the stuff with the typewriters was really well done. And uh, I I I know what you mean about cliches but i think it pretty much for me avoided falling into that hole and the la- the language used felt authentic to the time it didn't feel like it was plucked out of a book i think that it was really good i would like to see malkovich tackle another poirot story mm. but that seems unlikely they've handed over the uh, writing of these now to gwyneth hughes well that's still on the iplayer now the abc murders it's john malkovich playing Poirot, uh, and it's from Sarah Phelps. Her last one for a while, at least. Um, and are you going to be watching the Christie's going forward if if Sarah's not involved? Yeah, because I, I think Christie's, to me, always seemed a bit fuddy-duddy on ITV, like the Miss Marples and things, and they were always a bit la di and they weren't set Yeah, that's, that's the epitome of the ones that I don't like, yeah. I think. See, like, Les Mis doesn't appear, because I don't like anything twee and... La di da, and I, I, I'm glad I got to use la di da twice there. I didn't expect to. Look what happened. This is the Custard TV podcast.
Should we go on to Luther? Let's uh, Michael sum this up as he reviewed the majority of the series for the website, which you can now read his reviews because the TV.com Luther Series 5. I thought it was a vast improvement on Series 4. I know there's been like some complaints that it's got too far away from the crime drama element and is focused too much on Luther and Alice. That, but was, I that think... came from me in that the review I wrote for the second year. Yeah. This, this one it was over four nights. It was consecutively shown. And I thought the crime side to it was the most interesting that I'd seen on a programme in a while. Mm. And it, sat, it felt like it was getting pushed to the background rather than... Which is another... It, it was classic Luther sort of sadistic killer, wasn't it? Sort of... Yeah, but I thought it, it was really well done and I thought yeah. Hermione Norris was good and she was mm. just pushed to the... Background. I thought you were letting Michael... Yes, I am. He's just not speaking. <laughs> He's not speaking because I am. I understand why people would say the crime drama wasn't too enough, but for me, if this really is the last series and the return of Alice, which has been a uh, continual thread throughout i i think that had to reach the bigger part of the story towards the end i struggle with cut out gangsters though and it, uh, yeah the character played by patrick malahide is a bit panto gangster isn't he a and, tiny bit. and and it relied a lot on people remembering what happened in that fourth series which i completely hadn't you know neil crosser seemed to think that oh yeah everyone remembers that so we're just sort of a continuation of this because he hadn't featured had he um the, no. That gangster character is it George Cornelius? Yes, it is. And no, yeah, that affected quite a lot of that early episode when he sort of dragged Luther out of his house and things like that. Because who is this character? Am I meant to know him already? Well, luckily he said in that scene, "You tied me, tied me to a radiator," and I sort of remembered. Yeah, yeah no, that. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, George, what is all this? Where is he? Where is who? Where is he? Who, George? Who? I don't know who you're talking about. Alistair. Alistair, yeah, the older one that washes, washes the money for you. Yeah, what about it? Allegedly. Okie dokie. Massey, please. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to ask that question. A maximum of five more times. Where's my boy? Come on, John, hurry up. Where is he? I have no clue. Now, that's twice. All right, I don't know, I don't know. Last chance, come on, wake up, John. Give me that. Your hands where I can see him. You really don't know, do you? No, I really don't know. Where was he when he got taken, Alistair? Where was he? Where was it? Ah, oh, see, now you're fishing. Well, if you tell me who did it, then I might be able to help you. I'm not a 12 year old girl. I take care of my own business. You started this, George! I'm just doing due diligence, making sure you're not part of it. What'd you say? Part of it? Why would I be part of it? We've got history. Not that kind of history. This is a bloke who kidnapped me and cuffed me to a radiator. Yeah, fair dues. You've got a in more interesting take on this, Michael, because you spent 
the time of coming to this, sort of watching the first three series? And do you think yeah, that it's for, your enjoyment? For some, of I this? think it did because it it was more fresh in my mind. For some reason, it's one of those shows that has escaped me over the years. It's always one of those things I've meant to catch up on and I haven't. And because I've watched them all recently, it's all fresh in my mind. So because series five felt like a greatest hits in a way, even even it characters was, that yeah, did. Even characters that didn't reappear, that some old characters were referenced. He even referenced his first boss back in Series 1, didn't he? Yeah, and he so agreed as well. It's always had a, a strand in each episode where Luther is conflicted or doing something that will conflict his career. Mm, That's always yeah. been the case. Because it's involving Alice and potentially the end of Luther and Alice as a storyline, it, it was a bit more heightened, a bit more at the centre but I think it needed to be what I would say in that last episode, the storyline with uh, Vivian and Jeremy did mm -hmm. kind of fade away because we assume that Vivian just went to prison for a less yeah. amount of time. But Jeremy, last we saw of him, he was punched by Luther on the floor. But and was tied he to that alive? radiator again. Yeah. yeah, tied to the radiator. But what happened to him? We don't really know what happened to him. I think it's something that Line of Duty falls into the pit of as well, where they try to go for excitement over plot, and sometimes that doesn't... It mostly works, but sometimes it doesn't. And it goes for shocks, the shock yeah, factor. shocks yeah. rather than plot. And I, I think what somebody like Matt won't remember, and most people who've only watched it chronologically won't remember, so spoilers here, when Alice is dangling off the... Yeah the scaffold that's basically how series one episode one starts with luther mm. holding on to somebody and then letting them fall and i remembered that that was a nice little call back to episode one symmetry is as people yeah. would say yeah i don't use words like that i i'm more <laughs> i'm happier with la di da <laughs> i feel like it went a bit sherlock at times meaning the the characters were more important than the crime what did you think? It took a while to get going. The final episode, I just found a bit of a chore to get through once they just started killing everyone. When poor old woman Misaku just got finished off by yeah. by Alice. I and felt there's that, a lot of but... things like, how did she know? How did Alice know that they yeah. were there? You know, you well, if you start putting yeah. it apart, it doesn't Luther's really always been a bit like that, really. And yeah. I think it really misses Warren Brown. I think he was the sort he of... He was a grounder, wasn't he? He was a grounding influence on that. And Alice was sort of used sparingly. Her being a main element of three of the four episodes here spoiled it a little bit for me because it is a character that doesn't work as a main... You know, she is just sort of balmy. She is the heightened character, but you need that grounding influence, which I don't think they found either with Rose Leslie um, in the last series or here with Wumi Musaku. And I, and I really like her as an actress. We saw what she could do in something like The End of the Effing World, for example. She played a much sort of stronger Kiri. copper. Yeah. And even Kiri, yeah. I mean, it's two two other things where she's played police officers recently. I, um, I felt a bit sorry for her because yeah. I really liked the character. And she was always sidelined. And always her dialogue always started with, Boss, where are you? Because he was never there. And she was sort of on the phone all the time. And I thought, we never got to see much of them as a as a pair as a pairing whereas with really ripley and warren brown he had that conflict as well you know they were almost like brothers or father you know they had that sort of familiar bond as it went on and i i think that really worked he was sort of the one who grounded it as you say 
I think these have just got more and more heightened. I, I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. I think it's an enjoyable experience. It's exciting, isn't it? And, yeah, I mean, what did we think of the, sort of the main crime? It was a really intriguing crime, um, which is why I was sort of annoyed when it got put to the back, because mm. I thought... I thought Hermione Norris was really chilling. I'd never seen her do that sort of thing before. And the guy, we, we I mean, he talked about his brain tumour, but never really went in depth with it. Was that making him, you know, mad, or was he already this way? You know, we didn't really get... And again, that anymore. fourth episode where he just kept killing people, the body count got so high that after a while those deaths stopped having an impact. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Impact. So when Alice was finished off, presumably, at the last episode in the last scene that it didn't really have as much of an impact as it would have done had there only been like you know the secondary deaths and maybe uh spoiler alert benny's death as well i think the last episode had to be so extreme in terms of the deaths even the last series because obviously we lost benny the episode before yeah. it had to be so extreme because this is the moment that luther ran out of luck yeah yeah i get what you're saying there. he's got away with it for so long and this was the moment, and I think from what I remember, Alice's references to it when she just before she shoots Halliday, this is the moment you can't you can't make up excuses anymore. The the police are coming, you, you know. Benny's died, and uh, Shank knew about that. She, Shank knew the connection that Luther had to that. It was the moment that Luther ran out of of lines. Yeah, really. I suppose. What well, I suppose as well as that though, the, just the amount of deaths from the serial killer as well in that final mm. episode. I think that the combination True, yeah. of both. I think the body count was that high, whereas, you know, the, the, the deaths that he'd done up to that were spread out. You know, you had the one on the night bus, which is one that yeah. has terrified a lot of people. And the one where, you know, someone's trying to come to the girl who got kidnapped after he came to collect something that he'd bought on the Internet. And actually, I thought Luther himself this year was sort of world weary. Mm. He was kind of, he seemed tired and... Idris Elba wasn't giving the oomph that he normally... It feels it. like that, didn't he? Because, I, I mean, one of my few memories of Series 4 is he'd stopped working with the police, hadn't he? Is that right? And they'd sort of oh. brought him back in? At the start of Series 4, he was just by the sea, and they... Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, like and, and, like and, then, <laughs> and then... So this series presumes that he's... Since Series 4 has been tempted back and has been working with the police, but doesn't have the energy for it that he once did and that's the character you've got and as but, you said but since since series one he's always been like i'm gonna leave now i'm gonna leave now this is it so well, it always ends with him with, throwing his jacket in the uh, river and and, and then now. saying yeah. and now what 
which they didn't have, did they, in this one? Do you think this is at the end of Luther? It felt like it, because literally everyone, apart from Shank and Luther, everyone else is And Paul McGann. I mean, unless Paul McGann joins the police. I mean, (laughs) seems unlikely, but it could happen. We're being a bit down on it. I did really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I have to say, I enjoyed the bulk of it. Props to Hermione Norris as well, who was absolutely fantastic in this. I and I think the Fortnite thing, thing worked. I think it built a bit of suspense and a bit of rhythm that it was on over four nights. I quite liked. I quite liked the way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That you got a sort of cliffhanger that made you want to watch the next episode. Yeah. If that is the end, I'm I'm quite happy. I think. Mm. Well, there's yeah. always talk of a film, isn't there, for Luther? They've always, always talk. talked about a film. Yeah. I'm against the idea of a film of Luther in theory, but. Now that ending's happened, I can sort of see it yeah. being him beyond the police the force and yeah. trying to piece his life back together and getting in, get involved in something silly again, away from yeah. the police force. I can by kind of see. Yeah, by the sea. There was an element <laughs> this series. There was an element, I think, as well from Neil Cross's point of view. Maybe I'm guessing. I'm conjecturing here. Ooh, la di da. That uh, they got Ruth Wilson back because she left the affair, and I feel like they wanted to do everything they could with Idris and Ruth, really. Mm, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, because who knows, you know, whether they'd get them together It again. felt a little bit like they were paying lip service to the fans who really didn't like that last series, because I know we were a bit down on it, weren't we? I'm not sure it does play lip service to the fans, because I've seen a lot of complaints that they were turning, the writers were turning Lufra and Alice against each other. Mm, yeah, which to no, me is the only the only logical conclusion out of such an unhealthy relationship. But a lot of people wanted to, them to ride off into the sunset. Happily I've never after. really been a fan of their relationship, if I'm no. honest. Um, no, not me. Benny's death, I think, was really well done. The way, it was, the way it sort of just happened like that. You know, him saying, this is what this guy looks for. Can you kill him for me, please? I really like that. That was one of my favourite moments of this series. Mm. It's not a show I'll miss, but again, if it comes back again, I'll certainly watch it. Yeah, I've never had an attachment to it, but I am with you on that. That it's. And what about you, Michael? Because you've just discovered it. You've, <laughs> you've just binged it, really, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's weird. I will miss it now because I I haven't had like nine years like waiting for a new yeah, series. Yeah, it's only ten. It started. That doesn't feel yeah. like it's been nine years. I know, it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? We're just old. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Escape at uh, Dane Mora. Do you want to take us through yeah, that, Luke? I will take us through that. This is um, a new Showtime series that's already aired in the US. You can catch it on Tuesday nights on Sky Atlantic or if you're a Now TV subscriber, all seven episodes are there. This is about the true escape uh, at a prison in upstate New York in 2015 where two inmates here, portrayed by Paul Dano and Benicio Del Toro, are helped to escape by their sort of odd friend within the prison who teaches sewing there and and stuff. Uh, Tilly, played by Patricia Arquette, who is this sort of creepy, eerie woman. Oddly, you can compare her performance to Shirley Henderson. She's mousy, she's quiet, but, you know, on the face of it, Butter wouldn't melt and she wouldn't hurt a fly, but in reality she's quite uh, controlling and vindictive. Manipulative. Manipulative, and she lives quite a miserable life with a happy-go-lucky, if a bit dopey, um, husband, Lyle. And they've all, because of where it is set in 
upstate New York. They've all got a different sort of accent. They've all got this sort of twang. It's very Fargo-esque, Yeah, that it? makes them sound like they've just jumped out of Fargo and into there. Uh, so this aired over seven episodes. It's the real-life story of their escape. Spoiler alert, they do escape. We've each... Well, I've watched all of it, actually, all seven. And Matt and um, Michael have watched one, I'm presuming. This probably wasn't even on your radar till I asked you to watch it, was it? It wasn't, no. Um, I struggled, really yeah, struggled yeah. with it. Do you, do you know why? It's, it's really weird. It looks beautiful. The acting is really good. There's no poor acting performances there. But if the story is lacking, I'm, and I will give it another try, because obviously there's much more to happen from what you're telling me, and obviously they've got to escape and so on. If the story is lacking, I'm zoning out. I mean, Pat- Patricia Arquette is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's, it's a stunning I found it really mesmerising, yeah. It's a stunning performance, but if the, the script isn't there, and I'm I'm all for watching slow things, but it just felt nothing particularly happened by the. It was over an hour long, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the others are shorter, but yeah, this this an yeah. Opening. And you said it looks beautiful, which it does. And one yeah. thing I neglected to mention in my sort of preamble there was that oddly, it's all directed by Ben Stiller. I think I agree with some of the things you're saying. I agree with the pacing, at least of this first one. But I think for me, I, I was more drawn in because I knew this was a true story. So I was kind of intrigued to know where it went in the same way that I didn't know much about Versace. And because it was true, I wanted to know how it panned out. And I was really happy uh, with the resolution when we got to the seventh episode. Um, Matt, you. I don't think this is going to be up your street either. You, I completely agree with Michael. Ben Stiller's direction, I will praise that because I think the, the, all the shots were really well handled. I, when it first started, and it's that scene with Patricia Arquette and Bonnie Hunt in the interrogation, mm. and the camera slowly pans around to Patricia Arquette. You don't see her at first, you only hear her. And I thought, I am really going to enjoy this. This yeah. scene really set the mood. And then you got to the prison, you met like her and her husband, Lyle. It just slowly started to unravel. And I'm with you, I found it a real slug. I had to sort of stop halfway, do a, do a few more things and come back to it. Because I knew it was an hour as well. That really sort of, you know, I know I've got to deal with this for an hour. One thing I did <laughs> like as well was the use of music. I thought that I was, was really interesting. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, pop yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, the use of pop music to sort of counterbalance this dark world but i was disappointed with benicio del toro and paul dano because i i really like both of those actors and maybe they've got more to come uh, they've got a lot more to yeah come, but yeah. At, in this first episode i found them both sort of quite sedate especially benicio del toro who is yeah. a sort of fantastic sort of brooding presence he was very laid back and lackadaisical i was initially turned off for all the same reasons you were Something about particularly Patricia Arquette's performance and that character felt like someone I hadn't really seen before. And maybe if she was an invention and not a real person, I may have gone, she's interesting, but I'm not really that bothered. But because I knew it was true and because I knew we'd get a definitive outcome and I'd know what happened to these people and I'd get to see the story played out, then I, then I really enjoyed it and there's a great scene in episode seven where they are on the run and they're able to watch themselves on CNN, which I really enjoyed sort of in an abandoned house. And uh, episode six is 
uh, a flashback where you find out a why Paul Dano and then Benicio del Toro uh, what crimes they committed to end up to end up there, uh, which was well done. And you sort of see the evolution of why Patricia Marquette's character becomes the person she is. So although I agree that first episode was slow and there wasn't a lot in it, there was something in there that made me think, yeah, there's only six more I'm going to persist. And mm. I was actually really quite happy that I did because it, the characters develop, the performances get stronger, Benicio Del Toro has much more to do and is much more menacing kind of what you expect him to be in that first one but much more menacing as it goes on and I uh but yeah I could I completely understand because if I'd only just watched the one I'd have the same feelings as you I think but something in there just said mm. just keep keep going and it did reward me this sort of plays to my you know should you have to watch more than one episode now to enjoy the series no, or... I didn't feel I had to there was just no. something in there that what really do you know really... what was it Patricia yeah, it Arquette? Was, it was Patricia Arquette yeah. and that... Because, again, I think you mentioned it in the Best of the Year podcast. That first episode of Versace was probably my least favourite mm. and probably my least favourite representation of the show as a whole. And if I told most people, this show is amazing, watch it, they'd watch that first one and go, I don't see what you're seeing in yeah, this. Yeah, I I, I, we know someone who was like that, don't we? We don't <laughs> anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, before we get to Boxmaster, where we put our unsuspecting podcast guest under the microscope. Oh, look, is that the type? You're contractually obliged to stay for the uh, Boxmaster. Let's just quickly do Bandersnatch, which, Matt, you'll have to run through. Yeah, I mean, this was um, a last-minute addition to this lineup of reviews. Um what had happened was I went round to a friend's house last weekend. He said he'd already seen it, but he said, do you want to watch it again? And I was like, okay, I haven't seen this yet. I'd heard about it. This is um, obviously Bandersnatch is a Black Mirror um, episode. It's been on Netflix for a while now. The change to this is it's like a choose-your-own-adventure um, book. This one's set in 1984 and follows um, a troubled computer programmer called Stefan, played by Fionn Whitehead, I want to say the actor's name is. Um, he attempts to adapt the fantasy novel called Bandersnatch into a popular video game. And as it goes on, he's got all these choices to make, which you make for him. It affects the story and you have all these different outcomes. I mean, personally, as I had someone sitting with me who'd already I done like it, you cheat, you cheated I cheated a little bit, bit because he would go, oh, I didn't have that outcome. Oh, I went a lot darker, a lot quicker than you did. And then at the end, after it ended, we went back again to see all the other bits that he'd done that I hadn't done. Oh, I I couldn't have been bothered to do that. So can we start just a little bit on, you know, where everyone sits on Black Mirror? Because for me, I watched the Channel 4 series, and I think I've watched three of the six of each um, Netflix one so far. Um, Michael, what about you? I love Black Mirror. Um, there's always one series, one or two that are a bit under par. Mm. But I love, I love the mentality. I love it. I love the things that it's questioning about society and technology and things. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan. I'm the same as you. I've watched the Channel Four series, and I occasionally will watch the ones that I've heard good things of. If I'm completely honest, which I'm about to be, hold your horses. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really understand 
what Black Mirror is supposed to be telling me or what it really is. Like, Inside Number 9, I sort of know what that is. Black Mirror, I'm not entirely sure what it is. It plays on technology, honest. doesn't it? The, what could be in the future, I suppose. Uh, okay. I t- uh, I'll just give my two pennies on this yeah. bit. Because I, I think Michael's a big fan and you have obviously was watching with a friend. I, I got irritated by I it. I know, you... I got irritated by it because obviously I went for the... I, th- I don't think I'll be on there. And I went for the most outlandish and steady things to do just because you could and I, because I wanted to see what happened. So for the best example of it is I clicked uh, Netflix. when Yeah, I did it. as well. Yeah, so you, I, and I got that twice. That's quite rewarding because what that is is he goes to a doctor's psychiatrist's office and she tells, he tells him about Netflix and then all of a sudden they sort of come out of character and they cut the scene, and you see that it's a TV show and all that. Did but you get to is... the bit with their, where they ninja fought? No, yes, see, I, I, didn't no. The, I didn't see the cutting of the but scene. The, I saw the, the ninja. The thing, yeah, the thing that I did both because I ended up there twice. I ended up yeah. there twice. <laughs> the thing that irritated me is it was a, it was a choose your own adventure. It was make your own story. And what kept happening to me, I made these decisions, and then it would show me the outcome of that, and then tell me to go back. And then read yeah. the story. Yeah. And that's not the point of it, is it? Surely. So yeah, she, I mean, she, it, was, it did that a lot of the time with me as well. So, for example, that thing in the doctor's surgery, that is a wall, and then it will yeah. take you back to when you I, get the option to follow... But to me, I, I agree, I was frustrated I by that, but, yeah. but I looked back on it and thought, well, it's being a computer game, isn't it? You have a certain amount of lives. Mm. And it's taking Just you like, back. Yeah. I, I had a weird the, moment where he he died in the doctor's. Yes, office. I got that as well. Uh, when he decides and, to go on the train with his mum, and the, yeah, the and then then the you get taken back, and then he's alive again. So I was a bit like, hang on a minute. Perhaps he has a certain amount of lives that we don't know about. There's the line about Pac-Man, isn't there? Yes. So yeah. narratively, narratively, as a piece of drama, just as a piece of drama, it doesn't work because mm. I don't know what the story's actually about. As an experiment, as a piece of fun for us to be able to play around with, like an interactive TV slash video game, it was kind of entertaining, except for those times where it would rewind and I would get irritated because I'd have to watch the same bit. It's like when he taps you on the shoulder at the beginning after you accept it and he goes, wrong decision, mate, you know, and then you have to go back again and... It's it's interesting, um, but like after a while, it's choices where they didn't ha- they knew which way they wanted us to go. So That's why give I... us choices? Yeah. You know, yeah. it irritated me, and I was genuinely afraid at one point that that it was a bit of a a bit of a gag on all of us where it didn't actually end. I thought mm-hmm. genuinely it was just going to keep going and I going think the, and going. The... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. I think the um, shortest it would have been was 90 minutes, I think. The shortest route is about 90 minutes. I mean, one of the endings that I saw just because I was watching with my friend, I don't know if you got that, was the one where um, it ends up Colin's daughter is recreating it for Netflix. 
No. Never saw that. There's several endings where he ends up in prison. I know you had one. That's the that's the ending oh, where he, he end, ends up in prison. Where he ends up in prison and the game isn't the best game ever. It's overshadowed by the fact that he's killed his dad. Mine was so long because I didn't want to hit uh, Craig Parkinson with that ashtray. Oh, I did. <laughs> I didn't like him in this. I didn't like him. There's one ending where um, he kills... Um, Will Poulter after yeah, his I dad got. dies. Oh. Yeah, after I, his I dad dies, there's one ending where he kills Asim Chowdhury. What is there? Yeah, there's one ending, as I say, where it's Will Poulter's daughter, and then that it sort of starts on a loop again because she's recreating it, and then she's experiencing the same things that Stefan oh, experienced. So there's all these. So I saw most of the endings. So Just, Michael. Listening to that, does that intrigue you to go back? Because for me, it I mean, irritates me. I did about two hours, and I thought that was about enough. I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I didn't find the need to go back and watch it the next day and try a different path and a different path and a different path because mm. it's not the fastest-paced thing in the world. And, and the story keep... wasn't that interesting. And it slows yeah. it down every time. And if you, you keep to... if you keep seeing the same bits of story again and again, it's not going to be that interesting. Well, I think. Say saying that the scene where you know he says one of us has got to jump off the roof yeah and i mean i don't know what decisions you made but i made the decision first of all to have stefan jump off the roof so did i and and then the second time when it went back i had colin jump off the roof i I say colin in in that instance it's seen as a you know you wake up in the car you wake up again yeah. Um, and then Colin's mysteriously disappeared. Whereas if you'd done it differently, then there's a different way to go on it sort of thing. So there's there's different... You make different decisions at different points, then there's different routes through it. Sorry, go on. It's frustrating. I would agree with Luke in the sense that sometimes in certain avenues that they are wanting you to go a certain path. It felt like that to me because every decision and... I made, they were like, go back. And I'm like, well, hang on. I'm supposed Unlike, to be all they took away the choice altogether. Yeah. Unlike any other Black Mirror, this had more of a sense of novelty about it. Mm-hmm. It was it was fine while while it was on, but it's not it's not one I would go back to. And it was what? stressful as well because I watched. Yeah, it with the ten via, seconds countdown. I I watched it via um, PS4, and every time there was a decision to make, the controller would vibrate, <laughs> which added oh, to my stress. Yeah. It was a novelty, and Black Mirror isn't doesn't usually. It's not a novelty thing, even though it has sillier moments in in a lot of episodes. There's still a. I would equate it actually to how some people felt about the Inside Number Nine live episode, in that it was an interesting idea, the novelty of it, but the story wasn't as strong. I think I saw that it had got about sixty odd percent or something on on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. Those ratings are dependent on which version they saw, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So that is a hard one to wade through, isn't it? And there was a lot of sort of nods as well to other episodes in this, wasn't there? There was a lot of sort of Easter eggs. I mean, the games that the company had already produced were names of Black Mirror episodes, weren't they? Like Nosedive and things like that. I will remember this, but it's not something that... Because of the novelty of it, I think, but... It's not one of the classic Black Mirror episodes. I mean, one of my favourites, and it's not one that a lot of people look back on 
as fondly as the Lenora Critchlow one because that was one where you just left on a sort of uh, that was the first and... one I was genuinely freaked out by mm, yeah and I, I think this as well had more of a definitive conclusion than a lot of black mirrors don't they leave you on a bit of a cassava note don't they mm. whereas this had you know wherever you ended up where whether it be prison normally or or other bits it was a definitive conclusion maybe because of the nature of the narrative that at the end you have got this conclusion even though there are so many of them but it's an interesting experiment and i applaud them for trying something like this but i don't think it's something that particular worked for any of us i think i think it's like 3d 3d tv it's like when you first get it oh that's good but how often do you watch it in 3d I mean, Lutheran 3D would be terrifying. Yeah, You'd never <laughs> sleep not. again. This leads us nicely into our new feature where when we have a guest on, we test their knowledge of what we think we know to be their specialist <laughs> subject. <laughs> I should say really that, that early on. Well. Yeah, this is box... I was going to call it... Box statue again, but it's not. You're expecting me to know answers to questions. You don't know yeah. the title of the feature. It's early days. <laughs> you are um, you're our guinea pig. Guinea pig, guinea pig yes. Mm. It is the first ever round of Boxmaster. Okay, let's begin. So, um, Michael, for your bonuses, we've picked two things that we think you know a little bit about, TV-related. So oh. you can pick between either Peaky, Blinders, right now. Peaky Blinders or the works of Alexandra Roach. Alexandra Roach. Okay. Unlike anything else on, on a particular radio station, <laughs> it is, um, it's three points for the general questions and six points for your bonus questions. Bring it on. Um, Ten questions in total. So, question one. Gaz Wilkinson, Janet Keogh and Louise Brooks were all characters in which British sitcom? Two points of a lager and a packet of crisps. Oh, well done. Over the last few months, I've had a bit of a watch over it because <laughs> I hated it years ago when I saw clips on it. But I thought I'd catch up and see what it was it's like. It's been on the iPlayer, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been on iPlayer, so I thought it, I'd give some... Good? I've never seen more than, like, three episodes of it. And you you never know what? It, it. it does have its good moments. It, it, some of it is really shockingly bad, and some of it is really good. Because it looks sort of homemade, all the bits I've seen. It doesn't look real yeah. to me. It, look, it looks dated. Even though it's, yeah. like, only ten years ago, it does look yeah. quite dated. Okay, question two. Harvey Keitel, Michael Imperioli and Gretchen Mole all starred in the American adaptation of which BBC drama? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. No, you stumped me on that one. Luke knows the answer. Yeah, it's uh, Life on Mars. Yes, well, you don't get any really? points, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see Life on Mars? I love Life on Mars. So their series of Life on Mars, the American remake, which only lasted one season and didn't get the whole lot on broadcast, but it ended with the whole thing having taken place on a spaceship. They were in hyper sort of space, weren't they? They were all in lockdown. 
So and at the end, all their pods anything. opened. And Harvey Keitel as Gene Hunt, which is an interesting... It was awful, awful. Okay, it, your sounds, fir- it sounds it. Your first bonus question, Alexandra Roach. So... Alexandra Roach starred as, as Chloe, the vegan girlfriend of Ewan Rion's character in two episodes of which British sitcom? Uh, vicious. Yeah, well done. Six points for that. Um, I've been down this road walking the line that's painted by Pride are the first lines of the theme tune to which show? Is it Sopranos? No. Not at all. I don't actually know that either. It is Ali McBeal. Oh, I do know that. I used to love that when I was younger. (laughs) If you'd have said, of which Vonda Shepard song... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd have gone, searching my soul tonight. <laughs> I've been down this road, walking the line, it's painted by pride. Question five. Name either of the TV dramas penned by Peter Morgan that saw Michael Sheen portray Tony Blair. Oh. This is the podcast. Getting all like I get, I get, I get a a pub quiz. Really stressed. This was a long time ago, to be fair. Uh, I can picture it. I I know it, but I just can't place it. Gone. You could have either. One was called the deal, and I don't know what the other one was called. The other one was called the special relationship. (laughs) Second bonus question on Alexandra Roach. What is the name of the condition Alexandra Roach's character Becky suffers from in Utopia? Her character's father also passed away from the same illness. What are you doing to me? (laughs) You're making him question his whole existence here. (laughs) I've blanked on it, I've blanked. It was Deal's syndrome. Okay. I hate right now. Deal with that. <laughs> Deal with that, Michael. Question number seven. In which year did the following long-running British shows all come to an end? The Bill, Heartbeat and Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> all came to the end in the same oh, year. All, all three of my favourites, I'd like to ask. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, God. 2000... What is it? The Bill, Heartbeat... And last of the summer wine. Two thousand and eleven. Well, can we have a one year out T-shirt? Yeah. Two thousand ten is the answer. Oh. One year out. I've gone with eleven as well. Oh, there you go. Okay, question number eight. Eric Twinge of Twenty Nine Acacia Road is the alter ego of which TV superhero? (sighs) Never seen it. Um. Oh! Can I have the question again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Eric Did Twinge, you have a blackout? <laughs> Eric Twinge, 29 Acacia Road, is the alter ego of which TV superhero? Banana Man. Well done. Oh, I Final bonus question on Alexandra Roach. So Alexandra Roach starred in the Inside Number 9 episode, The Riddle of the Sphinx, which took place in the grounds of which university? 
Oh, you absolute swine. <laughs> I'd say this is indirectly Alexandra Roach. <laughs> uh, no, no chance. Um, do you want to guess? At a university? Guess a university. Oxford. Any university. Uh, it was Cambridge. Oh, oh that's going to be one of the two, wasn't it? <laughs> and finally... Um, and this is one you can have a guess at as well. How many female solo artists have won X Factor during its 15 series? I would say not many. Uh, three. Oh, again, one out. It's four. Two. Four? Four. Oh, Leona, God, I Leona Lewis, Leona Sam Lewis, Bailey. Burke, Sam Bailey and Louisa Johnson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So at, at the end too. of that, um, twelve. I think that went brilliantly. Yeah, twelve. Michael. To be fair, you are our first. Uh, yeah. Player on this, so. Yeah, and you um, didn't know it was coming. No, I thought Luke would have forewarned you. And what, you what, what what we've learned here is really the big takeaway from that first episode of Boxmaster first round, is that Matt's no von der Shepherd. <laughs> really. That's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not sung it. You would do. You know. I wouldn't have had a clue then. Thanks, Michael, for for being the first person to take so part in So 12 is the, is thanks the score to Thanks, both of you, for shaming me publicly. And we'll make, I'll make sure I add Alexander Roach in this so she can hear <laughs> what a massive fan you are. So that is it for the first podcast of the new year. Uh, the podcast... For TV lovers from three TV obsessives, thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how this went this week. Don't be too harsh on Michael. I know we were both. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't be. Don't be horrible. <laughs> um, also, I'm feeling really insecure right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the lowest you've been oh, all give year. It, right give him now. a cup of tea and a hug or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cup of tea emoji and a hug emoji is all he needs. Read his reviews online at the website now, thecustardtv.com. Also, we're still looking, I mentioned it earlier on, for the Rewind show, the show that you think we should either see for the first time if we've never seen it and review weekly, or rewatch as a collective, both Matt and I, our guest, and the podcast listeners. If you have any suggestions, you can email custardtvreviews at gmail.com. You can let us know on Twitter either at Custard TV Pod or at my Twitter, at Luke Custard TV. Or, if you're so inclined, you can Facebook us as well with your suggestions. Um, <laughs> and also, should we reveal what we're reviewing next week on the show? Yes, we will. I will. I will. You Go know on. God, God damn it, I will. Um, new BBC Two comedy from the US that's already aired two seasons, but it's part of the FX and BBC Two deal uh, that we announced earlier on last year. This is called Better Things. It's a new comedy from um, Louis star Pamela Adlon. New Netflix comedy uh, starring Asa Butterfield and Gillian Anderson called... um, What is it called? Sex Education. Sex Education, I knew that. And two ITV dramas in Sheridan Smith in Cleaning Up and Martin Clunes in real-life drama um, Manhunt. Another real-life drama. Will we enjoy it more or less? Than escaping Dane Mora. I don't oh, know. I haven't a... seen it yet. I don't know why I'm making noises. That's a cliffhanger if ever you needed one. Thank you so much to Michael. And Thanks, I Michael. Hope, Thank I you hope, very much. 
to leave each guest at the end a gibbering wreck like we have, <laughs> we have done with you. Matt and I will be back with another guest next week. And for yeah. follow us our at um, Custard TV Pod, Custard TV Podcast on Facebook, Custard uh, TV on YouTube, and, um, and on the TV dot com. Oh yeah, listen stuff. on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, yeah. um, iTunes. Give us uh, a new uh, review for the new year if you like the uh, the new like lineup or the new. Uh, formats or you don't yeah. let us know those of you who've been listening for a while will know that the one who cannot be mentioned used to have quite a quite a formidable way of saying goodbye so i think that's something else we'll let michael <laughs> <do>. <laughs> we'll leave that to the the guest of the episode yeah. have what is your way of saying goodbye Uaru are Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.